Hi everybody, and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. In the news this week, WorkSpot, the company which has scooped the esteemed former CEO of Citrix, Mark Templeton, has found itself in a legal challenge from the aforementioned Citrix, who have alleged patent infringement and false and misleading public statements from WorkSpot. For those unfamiliar with WorkSpot, I posted a blog post a couple of years ago around their impressive offering at the time. Their product enables you to move your control plane to the cloud, as well as services such as brokers, load balancing, and gateways, things that you may typically need to scale if introducing many more users. You can then keep your applications and RDSH boxes on-premises or alternatively running on Azure. Users can then access their published applications and desktops through a web portal or through an app depending on the device being used. Citrix released a statement in writing saying, We took this action only after serious consideration and multiple attempts to inform WorkSpot of the false and misleading nature of their public statements. WorkSpot, however, chose to continue to mislead the market and has continuously used Citrix patented features of our Zen app and Zen desktop products and cloud services without permission or license. The contentious nature of the relationship between Citrix and WorkSpot has been common knowledge in the industry for several years now, with WorkSpot even directly referencing Citrix on multiple occasions, for example, in a blog post about winning the best of VMworld 2016, whilst also being kicked out of Citrix Energy 2016 and 2017. It would be interesting to see how this one pans out. In other news, in a previous episode of the podcast, I talked about Windows 10 S mode being delivered by Microsoft and how it would be made available on all Windows 10 PCs with an aim to offer greater flexibility by providing the ability to switch out of S mode if you require a less restrictive workspace for running Win32 applications that won't run properly in Windows 10 S mode, for example, or if you just need less restrictions, security restrictions in the way. Richard Hay shared via Twitter this week that it appears that S mode switch actually appears in the Windows Store in build 17134. So we were getting an early glimpse of possibly how this mode may be changeable in the future via the store. This week, Azure IoT Hub SDK officially provides native iOS support. If you've interacted with Azure IoT Hub CSDK before, the IoT capabilities will be familiar for you. The CSDK is written in C99 for maximum portability to various platforms. The porting process involves writing a thin adoption layer for the platform-specific components. More information for the iOS capabilities can be found on GitHub, and all the features in the CSDK can now be leveraged on an iOS platform directly. Test Suite includes unit tests, integration tests, and end-to-end tests, all available on GitHub. Azure IoT Hub device provisioning service SDKs will also be made available soon for iOS. This week, Dell announced they will be shipping systems with Windows Autopilot, which is Microsoft's new streamlined Windows 10 deployment and management for PCs. This allows you to customize the Windows out-of-box setup through the cloud and provide self-service deployment experience for end users. They get their PC, set it up, and go through some first-time Windows, much like they do when buying their own PC. And wham bam, thank you ma'am, they've got your corporate flavor Windows 10 managed system with relative ease. If you're interested in learning more about this for yourself, TrueSec, who have some of the sharpest config man and Windows techies on the planet working for them, have a free 
video training to get you up to speed win with Windows Autopilot. So shout out to Johan, Amy, Michael, Nikolai, and of course, Morris for constantly producing excellent content for the community and to Michael Nihas of Microsoft for being an awesome ambassador and liaison with the community for the Microsoft Windows team. Liquidware have launched Profile Unity version 6.7.6 with the option to have your user profiles hosted as a service on object-based cloud storage. So for example, Amazon S3, Google Cloud, or Microsoft's Azure Blob, which they state is an industry first. This native approach to providing user profiles from object-based cloud services reduces the cost and complexity of hosting user profiles with built-in high availability and flexibility across Windows OS versions. User profiles can also automatically be harvested to the cloud in the background with zero user downtime. The new feature also helps organizations make that transition to DAS or desktop as a service desktops when ready. Profile Unity version 6.7.6 also seamlessly saves and syncs user author data, for example my documents, to native cloud storage like Dropbox Business, OneDrive, Amazon WorkDocs, and Google Drive. This data is then available to each user on any device such as a smartphone or tablet. It'll be interesting to try this out in the future. This week iGel released their new UD7 device which comes with an AMD Radeon TM graphics card and is the only thin client solution to offer multi-monitor support for 4K displays at 60Hz. It comes stacked with 4 gigs of DDR4 RAM which is effectively doubling the memory capacity when compared to that of iGel's other universal desktop solutions. On last week's episode I mentioned the release of Citrix's VDA 715CU2. This week 716 Tech on Twitter reports that it may mess up desktop shortcuts and prevent the start menu from opening. It goes without saying, I'm sure you're already doing this, but test these cumulative updates before rolling into production. You may want to test this one in particular and see if you have the same issue. From what I understand, Microsoft are aware of this issue and are currently working to address it. After all the rumors, it appears RDSH is back, baby. The RDSH feature is back in the latest server 2019 preview, which was released this week. Engadget report that a smaller, more pared-down version of Windows 10 was spotted in the latest Redstone 5 preview build. Microsoft is calling it Windows 10 Lean, and it's 2 gigs smaller in size than the standard editions of Windows 10 once installed. Missing from this version are the registry editor, Internet Explorer, wallpaper, Microsoft Management Console or MMC, and drivers for CD and DVD drives. And Windows Central notes that the lighter Windows 10 might be designed to ensure tablets and laptops with little internal storage can install Windows 10 features and updates. With the 1804 Tech Preview, Microsoft has provided improved masking for sensitive info in your task sequences. You can now set task sequence variables to hidden and even set program names to hidden so an entire program inside of a task sequence is hidden. Roy Essers on Twitter has stated that he has successfully tested a private patch to address the broken AppV scripts, which were broken by the April rollup. It should appear in the upcoming May rollup. As reported on this podcast some time ago, iTunes has been teased as a store app on Windows 10. Well, the day has come. It's now available. Go ahead and download it if you feel like subjecting yourself to that. On last week's podcast, I stated a new version of PowerCLI hadn't been released with the vSphere 6.7 release. Well, 
the latest Power CLI has now been released, so hooray. And now for this episode's Hot Jobs. This week's one is a little bit different, it's a little more broad. I came across a GitHub repo that contains multiple organizations which are known for hiring remote workers. So anybody interested in particular in remote work may want to check out this GitHub. I'll, as always, I'll share the links on the YouTube description of this episode as well as on my site, RoryMon.com. And now scripts, tricks, and tips. This week is more of a tip. There's a really great article released courtesy of the awesome Citrix CTA, Dennis Spann. It's a really, really in-depth guideline on how to deploy Google Chrome, the browser, in Zen App and Zen Desktop environments. You know, I provided some AppB sequencing recipes specific for Firefox in a Citrix Zen App environment before, but this one is much, much more comprehensive than anything I have ever posted on this topic of browsers deployed in Citrix environments. So you'll definitely want to check this out for yourself. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening.